who rocks mics and rocks them well, yo. It's the biz, baby, it's the biz. 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 All right, welcome back to the biz. It's been a while. The world still sucks, so we'll just get into it. Welcome, John Maiello of Dead Bars. It's great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> now, we can't play shows right now, right? It's just, you. I mean, you can if you're a fucking asshole, but like, <laughs> can't play shows right now. <laughs> yeah, we're not playing shows, that's for sure. So, I recently saw that Dead Bars did... A pop-up shop. And will you uh, explain to the audience what a pop-up Dead Bars shop is? Well, uh, first off, I, I I don't know. This might be my first time on the biz. I'm not really sure. But uh, <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it is, it's, it's definitely the first time in an official capacity. So I appreciate you uh, having me on. But uh, Oh, absolutely. It will not be the last time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see here. So, all right. We can't play shows. So what do we do? Dead Bars puts out a live album. And uh, that is uh, <laughs> that is my way of uh, essentially, you know, it, it's for the fans. It's for uh, folks that were looking forward to seeing us. And uh, the live record is a really good representation of, you know, uh, of a Dead Bar show. So uh, pick, pick that up. But um, essentially, um, you know, we couldn't do a record release show. Right. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, what can I do to kind of do something local that's fun uh, that to promote the record, you know? So um, we have a lot of friends that own businesses and own bars and, and whatnot in, in, in Seattle. And um, we decided to do, to do a pop-up uh, merch store, essentially similar to, I'm sure you guys have, you know, done food gone to food pop-ups and you know it's all outside and it's uh you know um you know safe uh, and distant yeah yeah socially yeah that's yeah social distancing and and outside and i was like well if there's if there's food pop-ups going on and why can't i do a punk pop-up you know so merch pop-up it's it's it's, oh yeah yeah so so that was the 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 catalyst for for it was really to promote the live record and to just do something fun that was safe uh yeah. in, in, our, in our hometown stuff every band no member wants to be behind the merch table and now they're like give me the merch table <laughs> <laughs> well if we i mean so rebuilder did a similar thing which is funny because we didn't talk to each other about it nope. and it was completely just coincidental but, you know, I came up with the same thing, too. I was just kind of like, I see that, you know, there's outdoor things going on that, you know, there's obviously outdoor restaurants and there's patios and things like that. But I was like, you know, maybe we should just I like I, I've been trying to get rid of a lot of stuff, selling things to try to make some extra money since I'm not working. And like. I was like, well, we have the tent. Maybe we just set up the tent in the parking lot and bring our own personal records and stuff. Or maybe just like set up the Rebuilder merch. And Harley from Choke Up was like, why don't we just do that at O'Brien's patio? Which 
I was like, yeah, I mean, if if they would let us, like, I'd be down for it, which made sense, too, because, like, you know, the thing is, like, O'Brien's is hurting, too. You know, we've we've been losing venues all over the place here. What's better that way to, like, you know, help, like, help a venue out, but also, like, celebrate your existence as a band? Like, I haven't seen a lot of my friends in a long time, and I was really excited that, like, we were able to do this thing. We all had masks. We could see our friends. Our friends bought some stuff. And then like we, you know, we have we I'm sure we have different laws by where we live. But for us, um, O'Brien's just has seats out back in the patio. And if you were to drink, you had to be at a table. You could not um, be you couldn't get a drink and just walk around like you had to be at a table and you had to order food as well. Um, and, you know, like every we were there from probably two to seven and. Every single person that showed up was well behaved. They sat and ordered drinks and food. If there's a, there were some people that showed up and they were like, I just want to buy some stuff and get out. And we were at capacity and they were like, all right. They're like, yeah, cool. Like make your way to the back, buy a t-shirt or whatever. And then you'll exit through the back too. And it was great. It was awesome. And it felt like I was doing something that I wasn't putting people in harm's way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we also did ours at a at a at a, a small venue as well that that had to kind of shift gears and essentially just do kind of food and they have a small patio but they're they're allowed to uh, you can get drinks to go here now which is cool but uh but yeah I mean they have a small patio that I think you know maybe you could do like I don't know 20 or 30 people or something like that so it wasn't wasn't a huge uh footprint but it was uh, it was really cool because they were they had a great night. The bar had an awesome night. They sold a lot of drinks. They sold a lot of um, a lot of food, and then we had a great night because we had folks same thing like friends coming by that I haven't seen in a while. Um, folks that have been following the band for a little bit that for whatever reason never got to see us live, and now that they can't, are were like really upset and kind of regretful and and two people in particular that I never met before that live in, in our hometown, like came out specifically because they're just like, I've been trying to see you, you know, or I, I've been missing you this whole time and, and now I can't do it. So I'm going to come support. And that was super cool. Like, you know, it's two, two new, two new fans right there or whatever, two new friends. And it was a good time, man. I mean, I, I think the whole, the whole thing that you're getting at here is be creative stay safe and also like doing shows that restrict you from what we're all used to doing in my mind, isn't worth it. I'm just going to wait for the time where we can, we can all get together and, you know, be sweaty and, and uh, you know, and do the, and do the thing like how we used to do. And, you know, whether, however long that takes, I'm not going to, you know, do a, a, uh, maybe I would do a drive through show. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? so that's the thing is like, you know, I did have a couple people reach out to me because I mean, I've been I I'm not hiding it. I've been very vocal that I think if you are playing a show, a show right now, you're pretty irresponsible and maybe not everyone. But I will explain because I've had people reach out to me and be like, what is the difference between what you're doing and someone who's playing live is doing? And, you know, I we have in New Hampshire a drive-in venue. We don't have a lot of drive-in venues, but there's one in Connecticut, there's one in New Hampshire. And I see the people that are playing there are huge artists. And, you know, 
they're lucky that they get to do that. You know, I saw Frank Turner in the UK is doing shows like that out in a huge ass park where you buy a very certain section. And the difference is that like, if you are someone that big who can bring in enough money to fill a drive-in of that sort, then, you know, there's people hired there to make sure everything goes well. You know, that means... Maybe it's a smaller staff than usual, but like they're letting you know what you can and can't do. It is not my job to tell you what you can and can't do. You know, if I'm that musician, you don't want someone up there being like, oh, that person doesn't have a mask on. Like, no, you need a security and team to do it. And this is why these big artists can do it because they're like, and let's get one thing straight. Those huge artists are not making as much money as they used to. They are doing this to make some income. It's probably pretty good, but it's probably not nearly what they used to get to. And this is why you see a lot of artists that had full bands are going down to just being like, it's just me acoustic for three hours or something, you know, and that's a huge artist. Then, you know, I see these smaller artists who are trying to do a social distance thing, being like, I'm just I'm playing on the patio acoustic. And I have some other some other acts playing too. There's like four people playing. You have now like you're asking people to show up between a very specific time too, because a lot of these people are only playing for maybe around half an hour. So you're asking, let's say they let's say they're popular. Let's say you know if it was a Rebuilder show, like I will say right now, like Rebuilder could comfortably typically draw around 100 people so if i was like okay we're playing this parking lot or this patio at a bar and we're playing between from 2 to 2 30 i'm now asking 100 people to get together in a very short space and maybe not everyone will get in so now is am i causing now a line outside because i've caused all these people to get together let's say they all get in and let's say people are being distant or whatever but I'm singing without a mask. Well, you know, talking like, you know, you can spread these droplets in the air, but singing, you can spread it up to like 30 or 40 feet. Like you're projecting, you're launching this. And, you know, like, I just, I think that that is like, what's like, why is, it's not worth it at all? Because even the people that I see doing that, um, I'm seeing that it's weird that they're almost banking that they're not even popular enough to be able to draw enough to make it a problem, which means they're not making any money off of it. And it's like, if you're not even getting paid, you know, well during a pandemic to play and you're not even drawing a lot of people, then like, what the fuck is the point of even playing a show? Yeah. I mean, like, so we like i purposefully didn't like make a facebook event or anything like that for this because um i kind of thought the same thing i was just like what if like you know a couple hundred people show up you know and i i really didn't want that i didn't want the bar to get overwhelmed right um so it was just something i think i only put it on instagram i don't even think i really put it on facebook and i just yeah. you know a, a flyer and the time and that was it and then the bar reposted it as well and i think throughout the night though you know if we were there for a few hours uh you know probably between 30 maybe 50 people like but like wrote some people just stopped by to buy some merch and then they left and the patio itself safely could hold like probably like 
30 people. So even yeah. when we were like packed, um, you know, it was everybody at their individual tables and obviously so yeah i mean it's it's tough calls i think that for us we're not playing any shows until just period until it's we're- just, you know because the thing is like i i know you love playing shows i love playing shows too it's the time in my life where i feel the most comfortable it's the thing that makes me the happiest and you know like me and daniel work in venues and i work for other bands and it's it's my livelihood but the fact that we can't go back to work and work in the venue just shows you that it's not safe. It's just not. Right. So, you know, it's just and like we'd love to get back to work. It's just not safe. And that's why, you know, I was worried about the pop up, too, because I was like, am I, you know, what if too many people show up? And the only thing that made me feel OK about it, I was like, well, we're going to be there for a really long time because I was like, we'll just stay there. I have nothing going on that day. I'll, we'll just stay there. And. You know, it was cool because it came in waves like, you know, like we were at capacity in the back with like 20 to 25 people at one point. And then like after half hour, those people left and then like a new wave of people. But no, there was never a line. It would just kind of naturally happened throughout the night. And it was great. And, you know, we were like even the bar said to us, they were like, you know, we haven't been busy. They're like, we haven't been busy at all. We usually have a couple people back there. We're open usually from one to seven and it's dead. We just, you know, and the staff is down to a bartender and one person that mans the grill. And they're like, for the first time in a long time, you guys allowed us to work. Like we worked, we fucking slung drinks, we made food and everyone wore their masks and everyone was got, got to be safe. And they were like, thank you so much for doing this. And we hope other bands would do this too, because this worked out so well, you know? And, you know, how much did dead bars make for a pop-up? Uh, but I don't know the exact number, but estimate, three, uh, three, three or three or 400 bucks. Rebuilder made once I counted all the merch, it was probably around 200, $250 worth of merch. That's more than we've gotten paid for some shows. So definitely, <laughs> definitely. So the thing is, if our merch table can sell out a venue and get paid <laughs> more than what we could for playing a show, you don't need to be playing a show right now. We're like, just a store now. We're, we're just, just a, yeah, yeah. We're just a store. Yeah, we're a retailer. <laughs> but um, that's yeah. that's what's great, you know. But, we, you, know, like, but it, you know what it is though. I just I really think people are itching to do something social that that is still within you know like the safety kind of guidelines so if that means come in and also like you know stores were closed real retail stores were closed for a long time you know so i mean even just like getting a new t-shirt you know i mean that that wasn't a thing for a little bit you know so it's like you know i have we have a very limited web store i think you guys have maybe a little bit more but we only have a couple things in the web store so when we had you know all of our stuff up there you know we did pretty well for just you know having basically the stuff that we were going to have for a tour we have a lot of we had a lot of yeah. touring planes this year and, and those all went away so we had a lot of extra stuff uh, kind of around plus the new record helped like we were actually like promoting a thing you know so i felt right. pretty good about that totally let me um, like 
So let's talk about this live record for a sec. <laughs> I think everyone, for people at home that don't know Dead Bars, people might be like, oh, that's cool that this band booked a live show and promoted it to record a live set. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do a live record. Is uh, But that's not how this went down. <laughs> that's not how this went down. Um, this was, you know, like, this is a classic example of uh being like open about a lot of possibilities being consistent and then being uh adapting to your circumstances you know because you're right we had no uh plans this year to release a live record we had no plans to record a live record i didn't even know we had a live recording until <laughs> until uh um until about march or february of, of this year um, and yeah, essentially, um, we got to open a show that the headlining band, uh, hired a, a guy to come and do, I uh, basically record the, the whole, the whole show. What and, band? Uh, we, we opened a show for the bouncing souls who were headlining their 30th anniversary show in, in, in New Jersey, um, which was really cool. And I guess what ended up happening was we, were there we were opening so we got a sound check which was which was great i think that actually benefited us because the bouncing souls got a sound check and then uh the the middle two bands they only really got a line check they didn't right. they didn't do they didnn't really do a sound check as far as i can remember i could be completely wrong but from what i remember that's they didn't typical really do yeah but since we were opening like uh we had time to do a to do a full on sound check so when if you're a band and you get to do a full sound check, you have this really great opportunity to make sure that you feel good about where you're at and your levels on stage. Um, and you perform better. Bottom line is bands that don't do sound checks. Uh, if you are awesome, then I feel like you are an extremely lucky band because for, for, for us, like we realize that the sound check is, is really important for, for us. And, um, but yeah, we, we I think we got some good sounds. And long story short, we performed. I wasn't even thinking about anything being recorded. And uh, a year goes by. Uh, it's February of this year, 2020, and I'm. Uh, we just played New York, New York City. We sold out a Brooklyn show with us headlining, which was which was awesome. And I'm at the bar after the show, and I see the uh, the engineer who engineered that that show a year earlier and i just was like hey man you know i don't know if you remember me uh you know i'm john from dead bars we played you know and he's like oh yeah he's like i remember you guys he's like totally i have uh i have your whole show your whole set <laughs> on on my hard drive at my house and uh and i was like oh wow i was like that would be cool to hear i would really like to check that out sometime this is in february uh when we get back from that tour I mean, the, like the day I got back to Seattle, there was like a huge coronavirus outbreak. Like Seattle got hit way before the rest of the country. And uh, I just remember being like, huh, that's interesting. And then fast forward, like two weeks later, everything's shut down. And uh, that guy, um, John, uh, the engineer, he, I guess, was out of everything was like, you know, kind of like, hey, uh, there's like a, a lockdown going on or, or whatever, like don't 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 get in groups of 
you know, social distancing was a thing and he had some time to, I guess, pull up that, the files and uh, he sent it to me and I was like waiting for something to not sound right. Right. Because, right. Because we, it's like, how could this, like somebody had to make a mistake or something wasn't mic'd properly, but I, I listened to the whole thing and I was like, man, this is really good. And so essentially I just asked him to, do a rough mix i mean i didn't even really like i i didn't intend to like really have it professionally you know really fine-tuned and done i was like it sounds great you know just do a mix and master you know and he did it really quick and sent it to me and then i all we had two or maybe three tours this year that got canceled and i thought about well, what, what could we do? And I thought at the time that would be really cool to release a live record um, to kind of just be like, this is the 2020 thing that you would have heard on tour. Uh, but but uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, it's now going to be pressed onto wax, put it on your turntable and enjoy it, and we'll be back next year. And so that's how it went down. Um, I feel like a lot of bands that my our band included, if we were to plan the live record, there's no way it would come out as cool as it did. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, I think, I feel like when you know that something's live, especially like we've, we've recorded live only a couple times. Um, and there's just a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure to be like, did everyone play everything right? I remember when we recorded, um, the radio radio session that we did years ago it was just like there were takes that i was like yeah i played great but someone else didn't and they're like no nah, i'd like to do another one it's like okay let's do another one you know and there's no it's it's a different way of recording for sure because there's no fucking pro tools there's none of that stuff going on and you know we're doing it directly to tape but i think the magic of this show is that you guys didn't know it was being recorded and yeah. that you know it was such an important show for you as a milestone for dead bars to finally open for bouncing souls. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It was, I think it was, uh, we were really like prepared, you know, uh, for lack of a better word. Like we, we knew what we were going to do. We, we were really like, uh, like in the zone or whatever. I don't yeah. know the right word for it, but very like we were, all there for one reason and it was to just make sure that that 22 minute i think we got i think it was 25 minutes was like our slot and i just remember being like we can't go below 22 minutes and we we, we really can't go below or Over. above 25 so yeah. i was like we we timed it so that it, depending on what the banter would be or whatever that it would be within that and sure enough it's like right under 23 minutes and i just remember feeling really good that like we we did what we set out to do and i remember i when i got the recording this year uh i i sent it to you and you were like don't do a live record yeah i absolutely <laughs> i mean you like because you sent it to me yeah you were like you were like i think we're gonna do a live record and i was like like i i mean i was like I don't think you should do that. Like you're like, well, it's already been done. I was like, can you send it to me? Cause like, like I, like I had flashbacks, like when we did pipeline, like the radio station, we did a live session right before rock and roll in America. 
And I remember getting the files and being like, this is terrible. I think I've listened to less than half of it. And like Daniel brings it up every once in a while. He's like, it'd be cool if we did that again. And it, like we like did something live. And I go, yeah, it would have to be great, though, because the last one we did fucking was garbage. And when you told me you had something live, I was like, oh, my God, there's no way this is like awesome. <laughs> and it was, I was surprised. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think. Once I realized that a lot of bands, I guess, like, go into it, like, knowing that they might do edits afterwards, maybe their their, their, their heads are, are, are different. But I think you're right. Like, knowing that that we weren't being recorded and then just being pleasantly surprised was why I really wanted to release it. Because, and I wrote this, too. Like, if you, if you buy the record, like, um, on the back, I, like, wrote a little story about, like, yeah. about, about the show and stuff. And it just says, like, there are no edits, no overdubs. This is just how it happened. Like, we never even took out the, you know, like, the, the banter. Like, we just right. ripped through, we right. just ripped through a 23-minute set, and, and that's it, you know? So I feel pretty I feel pretty good about it. It's, it's total one of those things where it's the circumstances led us to this point. And so that's, that's like what I said that's, about... That's what's cool, you know, is yeah. that it was circumstantial. It's not... Like, you know, and I think that that kind of is the magic of dead bars at times. And this just kind of fits in that wheelhouse, you know? I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I think it goes back to, like, what you were saying about, like, um, just always trying to think of, like, what, what, well, what can we do? You know, right. so, like, if whether it's doing a store, you know, and then it's like, well, we could do it at our hometown bar. Or whether it's like, do we have anything that's, like... You know, and I know you guys did like a, a recording too. Uh, you want to talk about that experience, or maybe that's a different uh, is episode. <laughs> uh, no, we can keep talking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to like it's 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 a matter of like what can you do right now. You know, um, I will say that like the pandemic has been difficult, not only because like we lost our jobs, but because like. I kind of felt like I figured out what I was doing during the pandemic. And I was like, cool, I take vocal lessons now. I take guitar lessons. Um, you know, I was like, I watch a shitload of Netflix, but then I do biz episodes. I learn TikToks. I learn all this stuff that's going on. But that kind of all went away from me when a lot of the police brutality became very apparent and a lot of the riots and things like that. It was, I, I was like, I, I can't. I can't put on the velour jumpsuit and feel normal. I can't. It's it's. I couldn't be the funny guy, or make content really because I felt it was too inappropriate. Um, but I, you know, I still played my guitar because my guitar and writing songs can be therapeutic at times. And I, you know, it takes me years sometimes to write songs. Some songs come together quick. Some songs don't. And the song monuments that we did came together very quick. Like I, I, I think I wrote it one day I recorded it on my computer, just the idea of it. Day two, I wrote the lyrics. I showed it to Daniel by day three. He said, it's great. I said, I think we should do, try to do this right away. I know we're, we're still working on a, on a full length record, but let's just get, let's see if there's a way of us recording this song for free and then putting, and then just giving the money to charity because like, it's about what's going on now, you know, let's let's do something um and luckily i just happened to find that we could record it for free if we got selected with 
the 617 sessions, the people that do the Boston Music Awards, which I know Paul from the Boston Music Awards who owns it. And he's a really nice guy and likes to do things to help out. So he was like, yeah, you can do this song. You'll have a day of recording. And we had a day of recording and it was done safely. Like there's only so many people that could even be in the same space in like the control room. Like I did vocals in a completely separate room so I could take my mask off. Um, when we tracked some of it live in a room, it was like a really big room. So we were very far away from the drums and we had to wear masks while we we're doing it. But the song came together really quick and we had to wait until it was to be released, which was last week on, I think it was the 18th or something like that, because it had to come out with a compilation of other people. And, um, Jay Moss remixed it for us because uh, the original mix was fine, but like I'm used to how things sound. I wanted it to sound with his sound. So I sent it to him and he was like, I can remix this for you, no problem. And he remixed it for us. And then Christian Moken did the artwork for us. Um, and everyone just kind of contributed. And we were able to release this song and be like, you know, we, we are doing something. And it feels like we're doing something for you know, the greater good. And we were even recording a song this Friday coming up for another cause that, uh, for a buddy of ours that we wanted to like help out. So it's like, but that's the thing. It's circumstantial. It's these things that come about. I don't think that I could have sat down and been like, I should write a quarantine song and have it come out the way it needed to. You know, it was, it was, it was, literally just a reaction of like feeling really fucked up from everything that's going on and being like this is just coming together because it's kind of just coming out of me writing this and i think that you know when you don't force these things it becomes special and you can Mm. kind of i hope people can feel that i don't know i i hope so but i think they can and it becomes it's more genuine i feel like i'm not full of shit when it just kind of comes together you know yeah yeah man um i really like that song a lot and uh it is uh yeah it's it's all about um you know like working with the people that that you love and believe in to make something special and i think you guys succeeded at that and plus this is like a new kind of like uh i don't know isn't this like a new kind of era for for the band too, for you guys, you know, like a little uh, bit, it's, it's, you know, and that's kind of one of the things too, was that, you know, things were changing in rebuilder towards the end, just because Craig was leaving the band and Brandon was like, I, you know, I'll still be around, but I don't know how much I can tour. And we had been using Harley from choke up to play drums for some shows earlier that year as well. And it kind of became, this thing where you know me and daniel were kind of like well you know we still really like this band it might we might be able to make to be more streamlined now like i think that rebuilder like when we made rebuilder from the beginning we wanted it to be kind of a collective like who's around anyway but we were able to have the same lineup for a long time um and it was one of those things where it kind of like it worked out that like Harley's not working right now either. Brandon is it, but he moved to Salem, so it's harder for him to get down. But like for this next song we're doing, Brandon's actually playing guitar on it. 
because he's around for some of it and Harley is more around to play drums for some of it. And it's like, even when we go in and record the rest of the record, Brandon's on drums for some of it and Harley's on drums for some of it. So it's like kind of trying these new things out that we're doing and trying new people out and seeing what does kind of Rebuilder look like going forward with having people jump in and out of the mix. And it's been actually a lot of fun to do because like, you know, I've never written songs of Harley before and I am, and he has a lot of cool ideas just as like Brandon has really cool guitar ideas and ideas for songs too. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was really nice to be able to like, kind of like as we go forward, see this new era of what Rebuilder is, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that, that's what's really cool is like, I, I feel like you're like you, we are all going pretty fast. Uh, I know like that we had a ton of touring like this year mixed with like working full time and relationships and, and, and everything. And, you know, I, I just remember being like, this is an okay opportunity to just kind of reset. take it back and kind of, yeah, do a reset. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so we're, you know, doing, we're looking at it the same, the same way. And, uh, I really enjoyed the live, the the stuck at home shows. I thought those were super cool um, at first, and I did a couple of them as as did did you guys. But you know, I'm not a singer songwriter guy. You know, it's like I can only do so much, and I feel like uh, I can only do so much um, to even satisfy like you know our you know the people that want to watch. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 did th- I, I I did three of them. You know. I think audiences are kind of getting restless or sick of them too, for some extent. I think, I think you, you can only do so many of them to be honest, you know, because you know, not to fucking keep on ripping on people that are playing shows, but there is a venue here in Boston that is doing like live stream shows and it's completely unsafe, but they're live streaming them. And I see them pop up on my feed and I see it's like, there's five people watching. I'm like, during a live stream, you're only getting fucking five people watching. Like, dude, yeah. like what's like, there's no point in doing it. It really isn't. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, cool. we, one, one thing that I, that I, that I have been thinking about, and this is when we went to the, to the pop-up, I was talking to the, uh, one of the owners at the, at that spot. And, um, it's a uh, Belltown yacht club for the, for the plug. But, uh, they are a small venue, I think maybe 150 capacity uh, room, uh, but it's like a really cool atmosphere and just like, it just feels really good in there. And yeah. um, I think that the future maybe could be like some sort of hybrid uh, situations uh, going forward. Now that, now that bands have been doing the, uh, the streaming where like, for example, uh, with this particular club, there's a band from, out here i think they're in la now but big business is is a band that's um that doesn't really tour that much yeah but um but they're um, they're a great band and they have they have a fan base and they came up to seattle and they did basically two i think it was two maybe it was just one night but it was a sold out show at this particular venue and it sold out like you know instantly because it's a small room and i think like you might get bands that have fan bases that want to sell out a club and then maybe there might also be like you can buy like you know a thousand tickets uh, for this 
live stream too at ten dollars a pop or something for like people around the world uh you know that might I, be a thing i honestly think that it it's not a matter of it might be a thing i think it might have to be a thing because like if we are able to go back to some venues that reduce capacity there literally won't be a way of making enough money to make it worth it unless you um Unless you have an- another way of bringing in money. And I think having a live stream going um, is a great thing. I think that should be implemented in every venue. The one thing is like, because like we've even been talking about this, like we wanted to like even try to do a live stream real show that is not fucking just my can't my iPhone on the wall recording me like mic'd up different camera angles and lights and i think that you know if you're able to do that it's worth people's time to pay money towards you can charge 10 bucks 15 20 you know because you're like well things are going to cost more now because like there's more overhead and all this stuff but um yeah i think that you know if you have a venue where they just implement being like all right we have three different camera angles everything's mic'd everything goes through the feed we've paid for high speed internet here and we're charging 10 bucks like i mean i don't see any reason to not do that it's just a matter of like if they can implement it but i think we're going to have to because yeah if you can only let 30 people in the room or 50 people in the room how are you going to make up the other money you know I'm even saying like just when it whenever we can go like full on sold out sweaty um the fact that it's already been there's a precedent for it like people you know in Europe or you know Asia or wherever that can't come to the show or the band never tours there they're going to want to do that every once in a while to you know pay the whatever the the yeah. mission and support I mean, and like, check out a show totally because like you know like uh, there's plenty of shows I've worked that are sold out shows and if they're sold out and someone's like well i can't go but i can stay home and watch it there's no reason to not do that i think i think it'll be a great thing but i think that you know you can't do you can't charge and just have the one fucking the one camera image you know like no no. it's got to be dynamic for sure for yeah absolutely and i think it'll be cool i mean that you might even create another job in every venue now in the bigger venues where there's a camera operator you know oh i and and a, and a separate person doing the the mix for the stream probably you know right. like there might be totally. like a, diff, a whole different uh you know kind of studio engineer doing the on the side that's different than the front of house different than all that other stuff so yeah it's pretty cool you know I, I, like I said, it's, it's not, it's not for me right now. Um, but down the road, I, I see that sticking. I think it could be cool for sure. Well, I'm glad that dead bars is doing something between a live record and pop-up shops. Um, I think it's awesome. And I, I'm glad that like, you know, you guys are thinking of other ways and still, you know, keeping people safe. Cause ultimately that's, that's the thing you want to keep people safe that are enjoy your band or even people that don't like your band, you know? Exactly. And, um, you know, just try to, uh, you know, like at least here it's like the weather's going to be turning pretty soon. I was like, this is like, might be the one of the last days to do an outside thing. So that's why we kind of did it. Uh, yeah, no safety first and, 
and we'll just see we'll see how this all shakes down but i appreciate you uh you know supporting and you know and congrats on the new song and, and all that stuff so thanks man i'll uh some we'll we'll end this portion of the interview i'll end the recording but we'll keep talking after that okay. but uh yeah uh who put out the last live record uh me and my friend uh like decided to do a little uh start a little vinyl label and so what's it called surfridge records surfridge and where can people buy it uh deadbars.com is the best place to order it right now we do all the mail order ourselves you can also go to surfridge.org or i think or maybe it's surfridge records i don't know deadbars.com is the, is the best but uh but yeah so it's just like you know we started a little vinyl label the um and we're doing uh, our own kind of uh, thing from now on so we'll we'll see how that goes but it's been super cool it has been super supportive we we had a lot of pre-orders and then now we're getting trickling in uh, a bunch of orders as as it's been out and i love it it's on spot it's on digital stuff too and and hopefully cool. we'll see y'all next year well thanks for being here man thanks thank you for checking out this episode of the biz if you enjoyed it please subscribe on wherever you listen and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can follow The Biz on Instagram at Sal Ellington. You can buy merch at thebizbaby.square.site. If you'd like to donate to The Biz on Venmo, it's at Sal Ellington. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.